This is Graham, Yaz, and Ryan. We were doing the sites when I picked up a funny energy reading. Thought I'd check it out. Ran into a tiny bit of trouble at the plan. Nothing to worry about. We've lost them. So, here we are. I'm the doctor, by the way. Why don't you tell me who you are and who's shooting at you? So, Adam, did you see that new coming soon, quote-unquote coming soon trailer that uh, Doctor Who official account dropped on YouTube? I think it dropped yesterday? Yeah, I, it, it hasn't been out for all that long. I have to say, that was a nice bit of marketing on their part. I think that's the... I don't know, one of the best-looking trailers that we've gotten that's... It, it felt like it was more than just a single episode, right? Oh, yeah. It's like the... Kind of like the trailer for the rest of the season, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It it does seem like it's... I don't know. They've done a really good job, in my opinion, of like hiding certain aspects of the se- the series and then foreshadowing or giving us just enough information about what's coming to... In, in my mind, keep me interested. Like, I, I don't know what the rest of the series has to store, but this this trailer in particular, it definitely got the uh, the heart rate up a little bit. Yeah, I really, really like I mean, it's really short. It's only, I think it once you cut out kind of the filler at the end of the video, it's really only just 20, like 25 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's a great social media uh, video. So I don't even know if it's like really worthy of calling a trailer. It's almost like a little teaser or I guess it's a trailer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's the what's the definition of a teaser versus a trailer? Because I don't know. I, I get confused by that for main movies where they're like, oh, here's the new trailer. Here's the first trailer that's dropped. And it's like, I've wa- I feel like I've watched four of those already. But right. maybe those are teasers. Yes. This is almost like TV spot, which is another, you know, category. So <laughs> this is almost TV spot, which this is. I mean, it did show up at the end of um, the Tesla episode. Like I don't know how you how you watch it if you watch it on demand or like I just record it on DVR now, okay. and so the so for the TV broadcast as soon as the Tesla episode ended, this little trailer did play. So I guess that is what it is. It's a TV spot. Okay. Um. So now that we've nailed that down, that I was gonna say we've terminology, gone, we've gone much further on this discussion than I thought we would. We had to get it right, but yeah. So let's talk about some of the you know in this short little spot. Uh, some of the visuals, some of the quotes, like there's definitely in that short amount of time, I feel like they dropped a lot on us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it kind of goes back uh, from from the, the teaser, the trailer, the TV spot, whatever we're going to end up calling it over the next three minutes. Um, <laughs> it goes back to some of those uh, screenshots that we talked about, the synopsis for the upcoming episodes. So we have the, the Jadun that show up. We have those weird things flying around the TARDIS. Both of those feature very heavily within the episode. So that's where I was wondering if it is more than just the next two episodes or if maybe that's pretty much all it encapsulates. But there's some bigger themes that are mentioned that it's like, oh, wow, that's that's going to have a bigger impact uh, moving forward. But yeah, yeah what, what, where do we want to start? I think we just start kind of at the beginning of it. Um, you know, we see the doctor on some sort of a lighthouse looking structure yes um which i know a lot of the shots around the the episode that's going to have the the birds or the whatever the flying creatures that are swarming uh tends to be around a beach or on a beach so i I don't know if this seems like it might be coming from that episode 
Yeah. So that would be, I mean, Tesla was four next to the Jadoon is five. So that'd be episode six. Do you remember the, cause they had kind of announced the next few titles. What was the, do you remember what the title was for that one? Yeah, that is the Praxis. The Praxis. Okay. All right. So I'm my my guess is going to be that specific scene. Yeah, is from there. We do get I would a, agree. a couple more shots with the Jadoon. Um but we do see another shot here with the doctor looking up into the sky with the you know whatever swarming up in the air. Yeah. And she's standing next to someone who doesn't look like anybody we know. That happens at about the five-second mark, I believe. Um, but you can kind of see... I have the YouTube video up, so I don't know if you have it up. But at, at about five-second mark, you see the doctor standing there looking up at the swarm. And there's oh, it looks like a, what looks like a woman standing next to her. Yeah, I'd agree. It's got longer-style hair. So I don't know. Uh, new character, most likely... Um, we see the Doctor and Yaz and Ryan inside of some sort of structure that looks TARDIS-like, but it's definitely not the TARDIS. Maybe another spaceship. Um, and then we get the line where Yaz and Ryan are talking to each other. And Ryan says something to Yaz along the lines of, is this is this like the rest of our life? Or is this kind yeah. of... I don't know if you have the exact quote. Is, is this is our life? Is this our lives? That's the... That's the line, um, which is an interesting kind of like now we have these these companions who don't feel like they've been with the doctor that long from a viewer's perspective. But now they're kind of already getting tired of being with the doctor. <laughs> it's I mean, it, it definitely seems like in that moment how Ryan Ryan's physical posture in that scene is like something has happened, something big, something crazy, something that might have thrown him and now he's questioning like is this really what we're going to do already the past couple episodes we've had them um within spyfall and then uh within tesla's terror where it's like ryan talks about how they witness the impossible they see the extraordinary like it, there's there's nothing ordinary there's always these huge highs um these massive critical situations so maybe it's like that is all we've watched that slowly build and now it's coming to a head and Ryan's really asking like, is this really what I'm going to be doing with the rest of my life? It is. That is like the big, one of the big statements um, from this episode or from the teaser. Some of the comments I've seen around this, just specifically this scene is like, Oh, this is an indication that, you know, companions are going to die. You know, this emotional Ooh. moment. Um, I don't know that I read that, but, it not not just one or two comments, like there were multiple comments that were specifically talking about this scene, where they were saying, "Oh, that's it, one of them's gonna die." No. So I don't know. I don't know. What I, I, I feel like the, I feel like Doctor Who doesn't tend to do that, too often. Or there's, and even when they do, there's always some kind of cheat, you know, that they yeah. don't actually die. So I don't know. I don't get the feeling that these these three are in danger. No, it, it definitely not based on like the first four episodes that we've watched. I don't feel like that's the direction that they're heading with these these three companions. Um, I, I think primarily because there haven't been like any super endearing moments. Like typically you'd get that like 
really heartfelt attachment to them before something happened. I don't feel like we've gotten that the first couple episodes. Maybe something happens this next one um, that leads to that. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not getting that from, from that scene. Yeah. Um, the, and then the other kind of big line in this, in this trailer is the doctor saying, uh, what does she say? Something like we, or even I lose sometimes. What does yeah, she say? sometimes even I can't win. Yeah, there you go. I love that you always have the exact quotes. <laughs> the, the benefits of watching everything with closed caption on. Sometimes even I can't win. So she has this kind of moment, and she looks pretty emotional too. Yeah. In that moment, so it's almost like what you know, what's happened, what you know, Yaz and you have Yaz and Ryan have an emotional moment. You have the Doctor have an emotional moment there but no Graham to be seen. So I'm guessing Graham died. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you led me right to that one because that's exactly where my mind went after your your previous comment. <laughs> oh, snap. Graham's dead. Yep, he's dead. We know it now. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I'm going to make a prediction that none of, none of the three of them die this season. But, I mean, I could be wrong, and I would welcome the show shocking me like that. I, yeah, I mean, that's bold to say this, this season. I mean, we still have, we, we aren't even halfway there yet. There's still six episodes. I don't think I, even I would go out on the limb and say it's not going to happen this series. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen within the next two episodes. I'll go that far. We might get a fake out. You know, we got a couple fake outs with previous companions where it's like, oh, they're going to die or they did die, but then they kind of brought them back and. So I I could see something like that happening, but a true death, like final death for any of these three characters, yeah, I'm not seeing that happening. Yeah, yeah, nope. I I don't know. I can't say this series. I'll I'll let you say that though. We'll we'll put that one in the books. So are we being introduced to a new villain? I think so because there's that that dude that shows up in the teaser and. I don't know who he is or what he's associated with. Um, I think the best look is like at the 19 second yep. mark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The he's doctor's... got a cool jacket. Well, there's a laugh that happens and there's some background voice that's going on, but it sounds like the master and the yeah. laugh I'm assuming is the master as well. Yeah. So it's a kind of hinting that the master is going to make a reappearance possibly. Um, or are they just using master lines to, um, add to the drama of like, oh, everything's been a lie or everything you think you know or whatever. You know, are they just utilizing lines that the master has already said for the dramatic effect or are they hinting that the, the master's going to return? Are you expecting a master return this season? I would be like just being totally upfront. I'd be super surprised if the only appearance that we have of the master of the series is in the first two episodes. Like, to me, it's a wasted opportunity, especially with the introduction of the master, um, the the gentleman that they have playing the master, just how all of that went down. Um, I'd be surprised if we only see him utilize the first two episodes. So I wouldn't be surprised if we will see him uh, appear again. But I do think they're just rehearsing lines um, from the master for the, the series. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see him show back up. Do you think it's like a, a, a dead, a dead set thing that he's going to show up again? 
I think they're I think they're hinting that he's going to make another appearance, and I think because of what the master dropped, information wise on the doctor, with Gallifrey being destroyed, yeah, um, him kind of saying, you know, you, the the timeless child, the lie of the timeless child, whatever the 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 exact quote was, um, I do think there's more around Gallifrey and the master yet to come this season. We don't know. I mean, there's still quite a bit of stuff in this teaser. Uh, Not really. That, that should. Uh, I mean, <laughs> We're at 19 out of 25. I know yeah, yeah. But then we have the the at 21 seconds we have a look at a new character that I have no idea where she comes from. Um, True, and she dressed. looks like of period, um, as well as Ryan. Well, I guess all three of them, Yaz, Ryan, and this new character, are all kind of dressed in uh, period specific clothing. Yeah, 22 seconds. We have an interesting silhouette. Um, I don't know if we want to say what it looks like, if that would be considered spoilers, if someone else or if someone is trying to avoid uh, teasers, but an interesting silhouette if you want to take a quick look at the 22 second mark. Oh, the Cyberman? (laughs) Yep, there it is. There it is. (laughs) Well, I think Uh, the Cybermen were revealed in a previous trailer. That's, I thought it was two, and they pre-season. revealed like a pretty freaky zombie type Cyberman, right? Like mm. I remember them having some like bodily fluid leaking out of their faces or something Gross. weird. Yeah, there's um, another woman that I think we missed kind of right in between the 21 second and 22 second mark uh, that they show. That's got a kind of a vampiric look. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw her. Um, oh, that might be the one that I was referring to. Um, well, yeah, said, and then their period. Yeah, okay. I see the period piece. Oh, okay. We were looking at two different things that happened in the twenty-one second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> frame. But yes, there's a there's a scene with Ryan, Yaz, and a woman um, that look like they're sometime in the nineteen hundreds uh, or maybe even eighteen hundreds. And then you have this other woman that shows up, who I don't like. I said looks like a vampire almost. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> because you can't see teeth or anything, but it's just something about her. She's got looks... the popped collar and the dark, yeah. <laughs> the dark eye makeup. <laughs> so I don't know, and she just looks villainous. So I'm assuming another kind of bad guy or villain that uh, they're going to have to come across that we don't really know anything about. Um, and we kind of just blew by that other dude they showed that looks, he kind of looks like Sting. He, yeah, and then he has like the Tim Shaw teeth growing all over him. Yeah, and that's, so I thought the same thing. When they did, and they they flash a couple other faces too, like right at the 24 second mark or somewhere 23 or 24 second mark, there's this kind of older gentleman with like a large chin. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's Matt Smith in old man makeup again. But, <laughs> Heaven help us. Right. Uh, so that's an interesting looking character. So we get a lot of flashes of kind of like a character, a character here, a character there that we really don't know anything about. So I like that. Which I also think is indicating this is more than just a couple episodes worth of of clips we're getting here. Yeah, no, I would say like breaking it down second by second, Mark, like we just did. I would say that this is more than just five and six that they're showing us. So, yeah, you had mentioned the Tim Shaw kind of the the teeth thing. I thought the same thing when I first saw it, but then I kind of did a, you know, I just paused right on that image. Yeah. Definitely doesn't look like teeth. No, no. It almost looks more like, you know, some sort of a, I don't know, stones or, you know, rock kind of skin that's growing yeah. out of this guy. I would um, agree. Which, 
I was kind of thinking Tim Shaw would be a cool like oh now they're showing us kind of the how he, how he came to look the way he looked but then we already got that explanation that that was like the teeth of all the people he had killed and he kind of right. pushed it into his own skin so it wouldn't really make sense if there's a different origin for the the way that skin looks yeah so I'm thinking it's just a similar aesthetic but not the same guy yeah and the way it like kind of grows over top of him that's that's weird yeah. um but yeah it's it's a good it's a good teaser. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but it does look like we're gonna get another historic episode at some point mixed in here. Yeah, that that's about par for the course, right? They usually try to throw in a few of those each season. Yeah, yeah. Although this season's been kind of heavy on them. Out of the well, out of the the four episodes we've gotten so far, three of them have had something take place in the past, and right. Uh, let's see here. Cause the first Spyfall two, Spyfall Part Two. I guess did Spyfall Part One didn't. Nah. Okay, so half the episode. Yeah, I was gonna say we're at fifty percent right now. Okay, so. But yeah, I'm excited based on this this little spot. Um, I'm excited for the potential of the things that they showed us. It it looks everything in it looks cool to me. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And with um this last episode. Um, the Tesla one, the Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. This episode, again. um, kind of was he- headed down the right path for me after Orphan Fifty Five. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the the different highs and lows of the series, and I would say that we typically would have gotten like three decent to above average episodes followed by a dip and then we'd start to see ourselves climb out of the hole again at least that's the way that it seems like every series that we've ever reviewed has gone there seems to be a pattern in how these episodes show up it just was interesting that we had spyfall one part two those were those were good those were good episodes and then we took a dip with orphan 55 but it does feel like episode four we're we're heading the right direction we're starting to trend up again yeah and i mean it's all up to personal preference because we, you know, we put it out there. We weren't huge fans of Orphan Fifty Five, but I know some of the people in our Facebook group liked it a lot, and you know, kind of defended it. So, and then this episode, I really liked this Tesla episode, but there were some people that didn't really like it either. So it does a lot of it times. It just comes down to personal preference. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Nikolai, T- Nikola, I don't know why I always want to say Nikolai. I feel like I've always heard it wrong, but it's Nikola. Tesla's Night of Terror, um, and then of course the really famous actor, the from ER <laughs> that we discussed last episode. I oh, yeah. thought he did a bang up job in this episode. He was a, a solid guest star. Did you honestly just go with bang up? <laughs> Is that not a thing? <laughs> no, I'm sure it's a thing. I'm sure it's a thing. No, he did. He did a really good job. Um, I think. I think the entire supporting cast did an incredible job. Um, the guy that played Edison, I don't know if that's how Edison really was, if he was really that gruff and kind of demanding. Um, but that he, he played it solidly. Um, even the even the Queen Scythra, um, that was a heck of a performance. To be able to look like that and still deliver stuff in a way that was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um 
solid job there too. I, I think there there was no weak point in regards to the cast this go round. Yeah, I have some fun facts about the cast. But I'm let's do those it. for later. Okay. Okay. But let's just get into the episode talking about so we get introduced to Nicola um at Niagara Falls at the very beginning of the episode. He's basically trying to get investors to help him with his idea about uh sending electricity wirelessly yeah through the air and people are not buying into this they think he's kind of crazy um they think it's dangerous and they bring up the idea that he has gotten sign or he claims to have gotten signals from mars and they're kind of using that against him uh so which all things are you know i I don't know when it comes to nikolai nikola tesla how much you knew about this guy i had heard about him you know kind of in other, actually, in other entertainment, not necessarily history, um, but just kind of other entertainment that I had seen that got me interested in researching this character, or this person. Um, like, how familiar were you with with Tesla? I my main familiarity was with the whole idea of like AC versus DC current, and basically the smear campaign that Edison put out against the dangers of AC current. So. That's that was my main understanding of who Tesla was, um, was just his work with electricity. Really, really nothing more than like some vague understanding of everything else that he touched. Um, and th- to me, that's a sign of like a solid Doctor Who episode where after you watch it, you're like, hmm, let me figure out how much of this stuff was just made up versus how much of this stuff is actually based on reality when it comes to these historical episodes. So yeah, I'm I'm like looking at biographies of Tesla. I'm looking to see which books I can pick up because it does seem like he is an utterly fascinating character when it comes to some of the other things that he thought of that might have given birth to some of the conveniences and the uh, the, the magic that we enjoy today. Did you ever see the movie The Prestige? Yes, that is a solid movie. Okay, because he's in that. Yeah, yep. And that's what I, I think that was my introduction because that movie came, I mean, how long ago was that movie? Was it 2006 or something? Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, it'd probably be like 2005, 2004. So that's kind of where I had kind of probably first heard the name Tesla. And then, you know, from that became interested in, and then you hear terms like the Tesla coil or, you know, different things in science where you know, you start to become familiar with this person. So it wasn't a character that I was like, Oh, let me, let me learn more about him. I had already kind of done some research on this character in the past. And so when they said that he was going to be in Dr. Who, I was thinking, Oh, he's actually kind of a perfect character to bring in. And we actually, and then we of course get Edison as well, almost as a bonus, but he's definitely not the main focus. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so this one, Well, I guess we're talking about facts about his life, and one of the things I thought was pretty cool, if you do fact check at least the things they mention in this episode, or the locations, or kind of the thing, a lot of that stuff is is legit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, what was that place called that they were hanging out at? Wardenclyffe. The what? Wardenclyffe. Yeah, Wardenclyffe Tower, like that was all real the the fact that he had claimed to get these signals now he didn't necessarily claim he got them from mars 
Um, he claims that he had gotten some signals and he wasn't sure where they came from. And, and he speculated, oh, they could even come from a place like Mars. And then, of course, the, the newspapers kind of took that and tried to use it against him to make him look a bit crazy. But he never really said he thought they were from Mars. Yeah. Doctor Who kind of indicated that he did say that. So there were a little bit of differences, but it makes it it kind of fits better with Doctor Who if you have somebody who um, intercepts signals from space, you know, where he thinks they're from Mars, so you can introduce these aliens. Yeah, it it is. That's the those are the those things that I I personally really enjoy about the kind of the the historical Doctor Who episodes is where they take these things that are fact and they they twist them ever so slightly or spin them ever so slightly to give us that that sci-fi twinge to make it more doctor who-esque so um case in point when we we looked at the second spyfall episode um and it was um the one the one character is having the the blackouts the pass the, the passing out and then that's when um the the creatures from the far beyond what were their names goodness I can't remember what they were called already. Um, but anyways, they, they would invade her mind and all that other stuff. She did suffer from having periods of blacking out when she was younger. So like things like that, where they take something and they just inject Dr. Who into it. Absolutely love that. So it is cool to see kind of the, the hooks that they had for Tesla in these instances as well. But I did wonder, is it, did you find it at all hard to believe that Yaz, Graham, and Ryan had like very little understanding of who Tesla was? Like it seemed like towards the midpoint of the episode that he was just a totally new character to them. Yeah, I actually I did think that was a little odd. Just because Tesla as a name is just so, is so familiar now because of you know because there's cars named after tesla he has shown up in some entertainment there was just a movie that came out um last year i think that was called uh, the current war yeah and you know he was a character in that so it's not like this unknown historical character so the fact that they seemed so clueless right seemed a little off graham did seem about right as far as he never said he didn't know who tesla was he kind of it was almost like he knew there was somebody named Tesla, but he just didn't know much about it. Whereas uh, Yaz and Ryan seemed to be completely clueless. Yeah, I mean they did they did mention the car thing um, when they first walked into the uh, the the workshop. I think it was Ryan who mentioned something like he oh, okay. he like does cars, right? Um, but yeah, it just it kind of struck me as odd that like there wouldn't have been some. I don't know, some, some foundational understanding of, oh, wow, this is Tesla. Like, not just like, oh, Tesla, what, <laughs> who is he? But yeah, I don't know. We could test it out. Go ask a, a 20 something. <laughs> Word on the street. Yeah. Just be like, Hey, have you ever heard of Nikola Tesla? Oh, that's uh, right. We're not 20 something anymore. Aaron. No, we're, we're older gentlemen. So. We're older. We're older gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but we do get introduced to the doctor. Uh, early in the episode, the there's some drama going on. Tesla and his assistant, who, by the way, actually they was a real person. Dorothy Skerritt was really his assistant. So uh, they use that name accurately. But we get him and his assistant kind of uh, being attacked or somebody's coming after them, right? 
Yeah. Yep. And the doctor shows up. Um, and then I like the doctor's entrance. I like kind of how she comes down the stairs and you're not sure who, what's going on. And then she's like, has anybody seen anything odd or, or, or weird or whatever <laughs> she says? Yeah. Or has anyone seen anything weird around here? I think is what she says. Yep. She but, comes bursting through and she's got a headlamp on too, which I thought that was, yeah. it, it, it was that, it was that like typical funny doctor entrance where, I don't know, tenant would have on his 3d glasses, um, some quirky aspect of, about the character. Jody Whitaker comes in, Whitaker comes in with her headlamp on, um, and she was fit. by herself. Yeah. By which, herself. Look at that. Which we've been asking for. Get to get those companions out of there. And you know what? It was it was such a solid initial interaction between her and the two additional characters. Yeah. It was reminiscent of, of something that you would see in like Tenant's era. Yeah. You know, yep. these these two characters, you know, something's going on and the doctor kind of just shows up out of nowhere by themselves and you know you know, that's the introduction. You're not even sure how they got there. You know, that's that's kind of very reminiscent of that classic. Well, I guess not classic, but now feels classic. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah, it David does. Tennant stuff. Um, so I, I like that. And, you know, Tesla is with Skerritt and they find this dead body, which, you know, they're trying to figure out what happened with the dead body and like how how this person died. They're thinking maybe it has something to do with the machinery, but quickly they realize that it's not, you know, it's not really that. Yeah, which, I mean, that's that's pretty much how the episode opens, right? He's given his spiel at Niagara. He's trying to get funding, all that stuff, and then they're called away. They find the dead body, um, which is that whole idea of, like, what he's working on, the AC current, the alternating current is dangerous. It's going to kill people. Um, trying to make sure that, that, that doesn't get around that. He disproves that his stuff is dangerous. So he's like, Hey, I'll look into it. I'll look into it by myself. Finds out that, Hey, his stuff is fine. It's just missing parts. Um, they have a thief among them. Um, which is then where the whole like floating green thing shows up. Um, followed by the doctor bursting in um at that point on them and yeah it's 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 such a i think what you what you mentioned where the doctors just kind of like burst on the scene but prior to that we've had like two or three minutes to get introduced to these other characters kind of the 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 plot of what's happening there that is such a good way for a doctor who episode to open where it's like okay there's already a situation going on. We already have this this background. We already are invested in the story. And then the doctor enters. And the way that the doctor enters is in this moment of, I mean, honestly, like just somewhat crazy hecticness as she shows up. And then all of a sudden we have some crazy dude in a hood walking down the stairs, pulling a gun out and starting to shoot. I do have a question. So they get on the train. Yeah. But how'd they get to the train? Like, I was I, a little confused about how they got there and the fact that the train seemed to already be moving to where it needed to go. And Yaz and Ryan and Graham were already on the train. So it was almost like the doctor had somehow transported them there, but they never really explained how that happened. Yeah, if I were to point out anything about this episode that didn't make 
sense and not like didn't make sense in reality, but didn't make sense in just the flow of events. Like there were there were quite a few things about Orphan 55 where it was like, I don't know how that worked. But that is the only thing about this episode that it's like, I'm not entirely sure how that timing of that worked or how they went from point A to point B. Like, was there TARDIS in Niagara or was the TARDIS in Niagara and then they like TARDIS onto the train or... Yeah, I'd be like, surprised though because Tesla. Oh yeah, no, he hadn't right. seen the inside of the TARDIS yet. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But then, like, yeah, how did that happen? Because any way other than just walking would have raised a heck of a lot more questions with exactly um, Tesla than yeah. No, then the I, doctor because they do you you they utilize teleportation later in the episode significantly. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe she did the same thing and got them onto the train that way. But yeah, you would think Tesla would have been a little bit more disoriented as to what just happened. He seemed like pretty cool, you know, at that point where nothing too strange had happened yet. Um, you know, the floating orb, you know, didn't seem to shock him too much. So maybe he just kind of rolls with it. But <laughs> even even his secretary seemed to kind of just, they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're on this train. It wasn't like, oh, we just teleported to this train. We have questions. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree that that is the one thing that it's like, I'm not entirely sure because it was a chase, right? Like they were being chased. So it's not like they had time to casually walk to the train station and jump on board a train. Like something had to happen and it had to happen quickly um, for them to transition from where they were to then being on a train with the rest of them all just sitting there. Maybe they did just get on the train. Because the the doctor does drop that line about the train being right on time. Yeah. So maybe they just ran to the station, jumped on the train. Ryan and them were already in a car. You know, I don't know. But it's it didn't even occur to me until the second watch that I was just kind of like, how did they get here? Yeah, I that that was what I mean. To me, it was just there was something off about it. The first watch through, where it's like it was such a weird transition too. Because they go from running to just being like, whew, hey, we're on the night train. Perfect Maybe there time. is a deleted scene. that we're... Yeah, I mean, there has to be, right? I think I saw somewhere, now that you mention it, something where it was like extended chase scene. Huh. So maybe maybe that explains it. Well, these bad guys, these villains, have apparently they you know also have the ability to teleport onto a train. Uh, but we do know, we do find out later that they do that these aliens kind of they can they can kind of just appear wherever they want. Yup. Which is an interesting superpower. Yeah, they can yeah. they can appear where they want, and yet in other places it seems like they have to inconveniently walk or chase. Yeah, or chase. Yeah, but then yeah, so maybe they just limited capabilities on their teleportation devices. Yeah, but they do seem to kind of just. They at least are able to teleport back to their ship when they need to, so so they do have kind of these abilities. They also have, you know, they're utilizing this uh, kind of laser cannon type thing that's like green, but then they also have this electricity that comes out of their hands, like Emperor Palpatine or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, that was a that was one of those things where it was like, okay, why are they using the what was it the Silurian blaster? when they can generate some sort of electricity from their hands that fries everybody. But it seemed like they had less control over like the frying of people with the red lightning from their hands than they did over the green lightning that shoots out of the Solarian blaster. So 
that was one of those things that I was I was curious about, but I think maybe it's just their form and their ability to control it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 had some uh, interesting capabilities. Silurian blaster. So, uh, Madame Vastra. Madame Vastra of that species. So yes, um, if people are trying to put it together, like, oh, have we seen them before? Like, yes, we've seen the. We've the, seen a lot of them. Yeah, they've been part of Doctor Who or in these in these episodes. Um, I didn't. It, it sounded super familiar when I heard it, and I'm like, oh yeah, is that? And so I just wanted to make sure I confirmed it. And so I was like, okay, yeah, Madame Vastra's people, the lizard yes. lady. Lizard lady. So um, yeah, so they. They do the the electric red hands thing. Um, they also have the ability to kind of look like whoever they want, but they seem to pick up or they seem to decide to look like people that have died. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I was curious about that. If they like killed the people first and then once they killed the people, then they took on their form. Were they responsible for all those deaths? Probably. Um, well, but yeah, everyone they, they showed they everyone they showed us that they um that they appeared as were characters that we knew died it seems like yeah no absolutely okay. it's just were they the ones that killed them first like that was my question like uh, which i think that's probably an obvious yes but i think so yeah i think that they they killed these people and then used their used their visage yes um i liked the time you know mm-hmm. i like the fact that they went to the Gilded Age, New York, in 1903. I like that they even gave it a name. The Gilded <laughs> Age. When they showed the Statue of Liberty, how much of you thought angels take Manhattan? Right away. Okay, good. I'm, I even I, turned to Victoria as I was watching. I was like, that's a, you know, we know that that's a uh, weeping angel. <laughs> good. I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not alone. Like, that was my first thought when I thought saw the Statue of Liberty. Like, part of me even thought, oh, man. That's what's going to happen this episode. Um, you can't you can't get away from it once Doctor Who does something like that. Like I can't see the Statue of Liberty now in any episode without thinking Weeping Angels. I can't see the moon, you know, without thinking that it's an egg. Yep, yep. You know, there's there's going to be things, especially if it happened in the modern series. And I'm sure for people that have been watching it since the classic series, there's even more of that kind of stuff where oh, something happened in the classic series. They're like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I instantly. When I saw the Statue of Liberty, thought of that. Nice, nice. I mean, they made it perfectly clear that the Empire State Building hadn't been built yet, so that kind of frees it up for Tenant's Doctor and the um, was it the Cult of Scaros? Yeah, like, the Dalek stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that that frees it up for that. But yeah, we're we're in the Gilded Age of New York, where there's more rich people than ever before and more poor people. I thought they did a pretty good job with the set. I don't think they actually were filming anything in, in the U.S. I'm assuming this is all just a big set. But I thought they did a pretty good job, even though they didn't show us much. You know, it seemed like we were kind of on the same two or three streets the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you could see anything on Long Island from New York City. I thought that was kind of funny later on where they were asking the kid where Tesla was and he points to the tower that's yeah. apparently on Long Island. I'm like, do we know? Do they not know how far away Long Island is? From it, was, it was basically on a hill behind one of those buildings. <laughs> yeah, from New York City proper. But I mean, you know, for storytelling purposes, it made sense. But logistically, it made no sense. Yeah, the the way that they shot everything was was very strategic. Um, but it also wasn't like, 
Uh, it it wasn't distracting when you saw it behind any of the characters. It it was a location, and that was cool. They did a really good job with that. Um, so yeah, it it was. It, there were those those few funny things though that stuck out to me. I like to see them anytime that they get out of their normal clothes and kind of get into you know actual period specific clothes. I think that's I always think that's cool. And yeah. the doctor and, apparently just didn't care. No, and that I that cracked me up in promo pieces. It cracked me up throughout the episode. Uh I watched the episode with my wife and that's one of the things that she pointed out um why why is everybody else in the right clothes but the doctor is not. Um it it is it is funny. I mean though how many how many times has that happened where the doctor just doesn't give a rip? I don't think that Capaldi ever dressed up for any of the time periods that he was in. He um, did. He did. Did he really? Yeah. I think he did. I think there was a couple, like when they went to the the place with the, the ice festival, the ice fair or whatever. Ah, okay. I'm pretty sure he yep. was rocking clothes. Nope. You got it. You, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he definitely didn't every time, but there were a couple instances, I think. Yeah. At least the one that I'm thinking of that just sticks out to me um, that he did. And it's and I think that's that's probably going to be the same way with with this doctor. Because she did, you know, they were going to that party and she got all dressed up in a suit. And they all kind of got dressed up in suits. So she got out of her, her costume there. Uh, but then in this episode, for whatever reason, she decided to stay in her costume. I feel like in future episodes, we'll see her you know, switch it up. So it's just kind of by the whim of the doctor, right? It's yeah. I mean, kind of part no of the one, cockiness of the character, I think no one cared. <laughs> no, no one nobody seemed to question her, her clothes are generic enough, you know? Yeah. That I don't think that although it's definitely out of place, it's not going to raise so much alarm. And I mean, when she's doing everything else that she does, the outfit is going to be the least of the worries, right? Well, she was definitely exuding a lot of confidence this episode. Absolutely. You know, when she, when they see the, they see Edison spy, you know, kind of, and, and he's like, oh, that, that was one of Edison's men and kind of tells his story about how, you know, what, what's going on between him and Edison. And she just kind of, you know, she just storms over to Edison's place of employment or his, his, his lab and all that and kind of calls him out right in front of the whole crowd. You know, you know. Are you sure you don't want to talk to me? Like, I want to talk about alien weapons and all this stuff. And she just kind of goes, and that's uh, that's a character trait of the Doctor. Yeah, you know that the Doctor just kind of takes over when when they need to take over. And she did that a few times this episode, which I I really liked. I thought it was funny when she does do the whole like, well, I'm gonna go talk to Edison, and she shows up and she has like Graham on one side and Ryan on the other. It's like, I don't know early 19th century showing up with your muscle. <laughs> yeah. And, and even, and Ryan, or it was either Ryan or Graham that pulls back their coat and shows the blaster. It's like, let's talk about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. Um, they looked cool too. I, I liked their outfits. Ryan had the cool hat. Um, everybody, I thought all of them, I thought they did a really good job with the costuming. Yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, based on the teaser, it looks like they do a really good job with the costuming later on as well. Yeah. Um, I liked Edison. I thought, you know, I wasn't sure how much of him we were going to get. The You know, the title is about Tesla. 
you knew Tesla was going to be the main focus, but you had kind of pointed out that Edison, um, you know, because I had said in the last episode, I was like, oh, I don't know if we'll actually see him. You said, oh, they, they actually said, you know, they, they put somebody that he was cast as. Uh, so, yeah, he was he was a pretty big part of the episode. Not as much as Tesla, but he was, I guess, the next most important character they met. Yeah, I mean, he he plays a good foil to to Tesla's character, and I'm I'm saying that like it's just some fictional story. Um, there was there is a historical interesting dynamic between the two characters, um, but given the episode and what it's. Um, the storyline of the episode, he was a great foil to Tesla where Tesla is like the altruistic wants to make the world a better place, wants to invent for the sake of pushing the future forward. And basically, uh, Edison's the, the wants to make money, wants to market, wants to, uh, yeah, basically the, the typical, um, capitalist, <laughs> right. get, let, let's do this. Let's make money. How can we market this? It, it they played off each other very well. And I thought, you know, we didn't, we had, at this point, we hadn't really been introduced to the bigger villain of this. You know, we've seen, we kind of saw these mysterious guys, but we were not really sure what they're connected to. And so at this point, I was kind of thinking, oh, is Edison the villain in this episode? That'll be interesting. But, you know, throughout the episode, we kind of realized that although he maybe didn't always have the best intentions, um, he really wasn't a part of any of the villainous stuff. He just, the most villainous thing about him is he just had a different outlook on, you know, how to go about life and, you know, try to make money. Yeah. But and they I, kind of, they kind of portrayed him in a, in a way where you could kind of still be like, oh, he was actually helping them, you know, at the end and him and him and Tesla kind of leave on really good terms at the end too. Right. So you know, he was just maybe not the most likable guy, but at the same time, he definitely wasn't the bad guy or a bad guy. Right, right. He was he was a businessman. Uh, he even makes the comment about Graham's accent that like, oh, British, right? <laughs> you guys don't know how to do business. <laughs> um, yeah, it. there was that point, though. So after the confrontation with the doctor, after he, uh, Edison sees the blaster, he's like, oh, how about we talk about this inside? At that point, as they're in the office it does seem like it could lend itself to him being involved in some way, um, whether wittingly or unwittingly. Um, it's not until he makes that mention in, in regards to like, this has gone on long enough. I need to know what you've done with my guy. Um, that is like, okay, he really has no idea what's happening um, because he ends up having people that have been killed by the uh, Skithar. Is that, is that right? The Skithar? That doesn't sound right. Uh, yeah, that's that is right. I was... Skithra. 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 Yeah. There we go. Yeah, the Skithra. Um, I do have a fun fact about this guy, the guy who plays Edison. Um, and I believe this was actually pointed out to us on our Facebook page as well. And I, I wanted to give the the listener credit, but I don't have Facebook up right now. <laughs> so um, <laughs> maybe but before the end of the episode, I can give this person credit. But um, so this... The Edison was played by the actor Robert Glenister, um, but this actor had actually appeared in Classic Who uh, when he was a much younger man in 1984. Much younger. A much younger man, yes. Yeah. So um, he played a character, Salatine, um, in the Caves of Andrazani. Uh, 
cereal. So, yeah. So this guy is uh wow. This isn't his first rodeo. Oh, that's even a call to the episode. <laughs> nice work. He's uh he's done this before, and so we're we're gonna be talking about the Skithra Queen, and she also has previously appeared in Doctor Who content. Yeah, I I guess when the show's been on so long, um, and covers so many different mediums, um, it's a little bit easier to show up across different episodes and different storylines. Oh yeah, I mean we've even had companions who once they were cast as a companion, they had been in previous episodes, you know, yeah, uh, before they were companions. So I, it's it's not like a n- completely normal occurrence that every episode you have somebody who's appeared in Doctor Who before, uh, but it does happen a decent amount. Um, this this woman, but so she played Angeli Bahindra. She played Queen Skithra, but she also was a member of the main cast of the Sarah Jane Adventures, which I admittedly never really watched. Um, and but the the funny thing is that Bradley Walsh, who plays Graham, <laughs> was also in the Sarah Jane Adventures, and he played a villain named Elijah Spellman. Um, Did, in, didn't wasn't there another name for him as well? I don't know. No, oh, okay. I I I read somewhere that it was like, uh, oh yeah, Odd Bob the Clown. Oh, he did play in a show in the 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 name of the episode was the Day of the Clown. Yeah, Walsh played Elijah Spellman, Odd Bob the Clown, in the Pied Piper, in the Sarah Jane Adventures in the story Day of the Clown. So there you go. So I didn't even know that. Yeah, neither did that I. He had been in previous, you know, and that's a Doctor Who spinoff. So he hasn't, I guess, technically been in Doctor Who before, but um, he had been in the Sarah Jane Adventures. So, so, so there you have it. Some, uh, some interesting connections with some of the cast in this episode. Yeah, Queen Skithra. Queen Skithra. She. So, <laughs> I, I'll admit, I was wrong. I need to apologize to the BBC. Because I was complaining about spoilers again. You thought it was. I thought that they so they showed a picture of this character um, soon after the episode aired. Basically, a headshot, right? Just a headshot, and I saw it and thought, "Oh, that's the um, the the queen thing that was from no the Empress, the Rachnas of Rachnas." Yes. Right? Doesn't it look so much oh, like absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was thinking, wow, they just, you know, one, you know, I got spoiled that the master makes an appearance. Now they're bringing back this Empress of Rachnos that was from the tenant stuff. And now that's a spoiler. Like I was kind of getting frustrated that I had been spoiled again about this major villain who had made a return. Um, and so as I'm watching the episode and she shows up and I'm like, oh, there's, there she is. Yep. That's her. And then I'm thinking, wait, no. That's not her. She's not on spider legs. She's just walking around like normal. Uh, she doesn't have a bunch of eyes, you know, up on the crown of her head. Like she was very similar design, but definitely a different character. Um, but almost too similar of a design. Almost like I feel like somebody should have pointed that out when they were designing the character. Like, oh, we've kind of already done this. Let's make it look a little bit different. Yeah. The only thing in my mind is like, they're all kind of arachnids, so I can see why there would be some similarity to it. Um, that said, it's not like they're—it's not like they're from the same planet. It's not like they're 
like cousins or anything like that. But I'm right there with you. The design is super, super similar. Um, the Scythra, like at least the soldiers, looked much more like they were like scorpions. Oh, yeah. Big scorpions, whereas... But they still have weird humanoid faces that kind of like, kind of messed me up looking at them. If you stare too long at them, they're, they're pretty messed up looking. Yeah, I liked... I mean, other than the fact that they that she specifically looked a little bit of a ripoff of from a previous villain, even the way she kind of did her voice was kind of similar. Other than that, I thought that they were pretty cool villains, uh, monsters, bad guys, uh, somewhat intimidating. At least when they were skittering around New York and trying to chase them down, that was kind of scary. Although they were, they seemed to be falling all over each other. <laughs> yeah, they, they were they... a bit clumsy. Not not used to Earth's gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they were intimidating. I, the Doctor didn't seem too intimidated by them, but that's the Doctor. Right, right. That's I I I enjoyed them again. Like you said, it was kind of a little weird when they were running around New York and falling into each other and jumping off buildings. The ability that they had to kind of appear out of nowhere and then shoot the electricity out of their tails. Pretty cool. Their humanoid faces did kind of like skeeve me out a little bit. Um, there's just something about the makeup of their head, their face. Um, that was, that was weird. Um, but yeah, it, it, it works. It's a really, and then the idea that like they have the spaceship that basically they've stolen all the parts to everything that they have. They've, they've kind of, tied together on themselves. The the doctor calls the queen at some point uh, during the episode that she's the the queen of shreds and patches, which is a callback to Hamlet where uh, it's written that they're a, a king of shreds and patches. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on there with kind of the nature of who these characters are. And that's why they're stealing Tesla is because they have all this stuff and they don't know what to do or they they need it fixed. It's all falling apart. So they steal someone to fix it for them. Um, I, I really like that idea. It's basically a scavenger species that scavenge everything. And it's interesting parallel, too, because they had kind of revealed about Edison as being, you know, this guy who was kind of making his fame and fortune on the backs of others. And it's a nice parallel with this alien species that was kind of doing the same thing. That's a, that's a solid snag by you. I didn't, I didn't draw that correlation, but I think you're absolutely right. That is, sir. Thank you. That is awesome. Good work. But, but although I felt like maybe they could have, well, now this is me, uh, because last episode I'm like, give us some more credit. You don't need to explain everything to us. And then this one, I'm like, I wish they would have explained that a little bit more, (laughs) but (laughs) so so I'm not going to say it, but, yeah, I thought maybe him maybe giving some indication that he had kind of learned his lesson a little bit from seeing this this alien species and kind of um, what they had done wrong and kind of he could see himself in that. They never really gave that kind of indication that he had kind of learned any kind of lesson. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he never really saw that reflection of himself that I was seeing in it. Yeah, he basically at the end of the episode – does the equivalent of patting Tesla on the head and being like, okay, I'll see you around. Yeah. He, he, they played nice at the end. So that was nice. Yeah. Now they, they do reveal what that green little ball, that little like floating ball was basically like a probe that they had kind of repurposed. Yeah. Uh, another to, thing that they stole. Yeah. That they had tried and they sent it 
uh, to go find Tesla or to find someone that can help you know, do this stuff. So it comes down to them saying, hey, you need to give us Tesla or we're going to destroy the earth. Yeah. Um, and so you have the situation where they're trying to figure out how to get out of that. And they come up with a plan. And I, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when they first show when when uh, the actor, uh, Goran, you know, he goes to draw on that paper <laughs> yeah. and he draws a damn perfect circle his first try. <laughs> yep. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> I said, like, it blew my mind because uh, it wasn't an artist. Like, it, this was the actor. They never, like, cut away. Like, you could see the actor. Yeah. Um, there was no cutaway or anything where they had some, like, artist do that to make it look impressive. Like, I think that was just an accidental, you know, they're like, okay, go draw a circle. And he just drew a perfect circle. But couple that with the doctor drawing, like, the most childish lightning bolt going up from the yeah. tower to strike the spaceship. I, I thought that's that... how I would have drawn, you know, oh, if somebody yeah. said, oh, go draw a circle or draw a lightning bolt, I would have been more aligned with the doctor. Now, they did do the whole. They show us the initial scene and then they show an above view and, you know, it's obviously a different, you know, the, the circle yeah. is no longer perfect anymore. But that first shot where he drives that, draws that circle, I don't know if anybody else, I'm glad you noticed it. Um, and my wife noticed it too. She's like, he just drew a perfect circle. And I was like, I know that's like a skill most people don't have. Like that was pretty impressive. I was more impressed with that than I was with most of what else happened in the episode. That's how he gets all his acting jobs. He walks yeah. in, he's like, okay, I'm going to draw a circle. It's like it's like the you know solving the Rubik's cube in your in your job interview. You know he's yeah. like I can draw a perfect circle. Let me show you. You know, but yeah. So now I'm more impressed with this this world famous actor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had to I had to say I know it has nothing to do with Doctor Who or the episode itself, but I just had to call that out. It's impressive. It really. <laughs> but they have this plan where they're going to basically use the tower to shoot electricity up into the spaceship and and i guess they think it's going to destroy it um or maybe just kill the people on it i'm not sure or just scare it away it seemed like the doctor was pretty set on just killing all of them yeah that's what it seemed like she wanted to do i don't know if that's what actually was accomplished though um but yeah it, it seemed like that was the general idea behind it yeah, because she she even mentions in her speech that like she gave them a chance, like they already yes. had a chance and they didn't evolve. Which, so, which has definitely happened with the Doctor before, specifically dinosaurs on a spaceship. <laughs> yes, remembering that episode where he kind of the Doctor says to that guy kind of the same thing, like, "Hey, you had your chance, but now I'm going to kill you." Yep, and I I know like the Doctor is supposed to be kind of this pacifist type character, anti you know gun slash weapon um but i do like it when the doctor can get a little mean it is just there's part of me that enjoys that yeah and i think i think that's the last last series series 11 it seemed like that wasn't the doctor right like the doctor gave people chance or gave whatever chance after chance after chance after chance and ultimately it was the the character that did something that would harm themselves and the doctor's like see basically that's what happens um but i feel like this series the doctor's on a somewhat of a different arc and maybe it all got kicked off by what happens in the second episode or the second part of spyfall with gallifrey and that's kind of like pushing her to the edge 
more and more similar to what we had with Tennant, where he just had like this slow burn anger underneath the surface. Um, I feel like that might be what we see more and more from Whitaker moving forward. Um, but I'm all for it. it. It gives that doctor that, that other dynamic, um, which you have that, to do yeah. with the doctor, every yeah. version we've gotten, you know, since Eccleston on, um, uh, has had that dark side and, you know, it's, it almost wouldn't be the doctor if you didn't have that happen where occasionally, yeah, sure. Best case scenario, she gives people a chance. Uh, these villains kind of learn their lesson and get away or the villains are misunderstood. Like we've seen every version of it, but every once in a while she kind of has had enough and is like, nope, I'm going to create a tower into a laser gun and blow you up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it, to me, it just seemed like out of character for what we've seen from this version of the doctor. Um, I don't, I don't feel like we ever saw that even with Tim Shaw and series 11, it seemed like she did everything she possibly could to not do anything. And basically the other character would just screw themselves over. Yeah. Maybe in this situation, she felt like the, the urgency was just there, you know, kind of like this wasn't going to be a situation where yeah. these things were going to kind of outdo themselves. She needed to outdo them. Yeah. And protect Earth, which is kind of her MO, right? Yeah. And and that does give us that one instance where the Queen Scythra does the whole um have you ever seen a planet die? Mm, uh, good and, line. and yeah. that like the doctor's response there, super subtle. They don't spend very much time focusing on her like at all. It's not drawn out. But yet her facial reactions, her reaction in that moment is like, it's aces. It's, it's perfect. It delivers exactly what it's supposed to deliver. And then it moves on because just two episodes ago, we had the whole thing with Gallifrey and it's that slow burn situation that I'm hoping we see unfold more and more throughout the series. But it was a nice little callback to that. Yes, it was a great line. You know, it was another great line. <laughs> what was another great line <laughs> this ain't our first rodeo <laughs> we ain't never been to a rodeo <laughs> we've never been to a rodeo you're not helping ryan <laughs> <laughs> yes not only the line was funny but the just the the delivery yep. between both actors it was spot on yeah and kind of graham's look on his face you know when he's kind of like you're not being helpful you know like <laughs> i I, cr I laughed out loud both times I watched the episode, nice. even though I knew the joke was coming, I still laughed out loud the second time. <laughs> there's there's a couple times, like a couple lines that just like they said fantastical twice this episode. Mm, yeah, like, that's a that's a great word. The Tesla said it once when he walks into the TARDIS, and then Edison said it when they talk about their plan of using the tower as a giant laser. Both of them, both times that they said fantastical, it just makes you sit there and smile because it's like, okay, that's not a word that you'd hear all the time. Um, or when Edison, when the, the scorpions show up, he, he says, oh, dear Lord, what is that? Like, perfect <laughs> response, perfect response to seeing that for the first time. Um, yeah, there, there's some solid lines. And then Tesla's, Tesla's response walking to the TARDIS, like, mm -hmm perfect representation of what I would imagine 
Tesla's response to be. Not that I could have ever written that line, um, but once it's delivered, it's like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely what he would have said in that instance. Yeah. You know, the, the, we, we've gotten so many different takes from different characters who have seen the TARDIS for the first time and a lot of different ways of saying the same thing. You know, it's bigger on the, it's bigger on the inside. Um, I, you know, so the way that a, someone like him would say it, um, I thought they, they did, they did a great job with it. It was, it's like the, he said the internal dimensions transcend, transcend the the external. external. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can already get on a t-shirt. And I am so tempted to buy that t-shirt because like, that is, that is like my favorite representation of the TARDIS up to this point. Like that is the perfect t-shirt. Yeah, and I mean, we're not sponsored by Hot Topic or anything. But, oh, heck no. Um, but they've, they've been doing these shirts that are specific to episodes. So I think they had this kind of pre-planned. It wasn't just like, a oh, that's a cool line. Let's make a shirt real quick. I think they had kind of already partnered with Doctor Who on this. And so they have another shirt for last episode where you can get the, the chips that um, Ryan bought from the vending machine. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they have like the packaging for those chips on a T-shirt. Nice. That you can get, um, and then this one. Now I actually really like the design for this shirt, and they have it on a lot of different colors, so you can get like a black shirt or a white shirt or you know a gray shirt. But the I I, I think I am gonna get it because I don't actually have a lot of Doctor Who shirts or clothes. You know they yeah they are not as good about you just don't you can't go to Target and buy a Doctor Who shirt typically you know you got to find you know more specific kind of places like a t- hot topic but even then it's a pretty limited option yep so if i see one that looks cool like I'll, I'll try to snag it up and right now i just don't have any so it's like oh that would be i actually like that it's kind of a cool it's a cool quote and the 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 graphic and the design that they kind of put around it looks pretty cool it's very subtle which i tend to like my geeky, geeky shirts yeah. to be a bit more subtle so so yeah, so I think I might snag that one from hottopic.com. They're not a sponsor, but you can not buy a, a shirt now if you go to hottopic.com. <laughs> but if they want to be our sponsor, yeah, I right. definitely if would not works say no. for Hot Topic Marketing is listening. I was going to say, we uh, we talk about, I, I mean, we've talked about Hot Topic quite a bit, if we're totally honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I thought I like that line a lot. Um, you know, ultimately they defeat this, you know, the Skithra. The, I like the, you know, kind of the way they tricked her into taking yep. the teleportation. They, they they teleport her back to her ship and then they they shoot the ship. I was not very clear on what happened. She seemed like, it was almost like when the, the queen was back on the ship and then the electricity hits the ship. It was almost like she starts to kind of, you know, have the electricity go through her. Yeah, it's like she gets brain freeze. Yeah, she gets this kind of weird thing that's happening to her, almost like, oh, wow, she's dying. But then the ship kind of bolts out of there and gets away. So then you're thinking, oh, I think that she survived. Like, is this a, you know, I feel like a lot of the the villains that the Doctor has come against, even though in this case the Doctor had full intention of killing her, um, I think she got away, which most of the, the villains have. So I guess there's always a potential we'll see this this queen again. Yeah, I mean, give it a. It's probably going to be one of those ones that shows up like five years down the road. Right. Be back with a different doctor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like she goes back to the ship. the The queen goes back to the ship. 
it gets shocked. And then it's almost like she recalls all the other scorpions at that point because they don't all go back at once. Yeah, they kind of teleport back, which they did say if they defeat her, then they defeat them all because it's a hive. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if they were like forced to go back because she was being injured or if if she recalled them or if they went back to help her. I don't know like what kind of mechanism made them go back to. But yeah, it, de- it definitely seems like although the doctor may have intended to destroy the entire ship and kill them all, they did they did get away. Yeah. But I mean, that's essentially the the end of the... Um, I mean, that's the climax of the episode from that. It's, it's all downhill and we have the, the typical, I don't know if it's typical or not, but we have the wrap up of the episode, um, with a solid quote by, by, or from Tesla, but I, I, yeah, we definitely get a cool little moment there at the end with Tesla and the doctor and the companions. And they're kind of concerned about the Tesla's, um, legacy. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of Van Gogh, although not nearly as impactful. Oh, absolutely. Um, They even have a little bit of music kind of, you know, kind of playing in the background that's supposed to make you feel emotional. But it was just not enough and a little bit too quick to really, you know, give me any kind of goosebumps. But it was a nice moment. And I kind of like the quote there at the end where the the future is mine. Yeah. Tesla. Um, And I, I, I know I joke about the actor. Because I was talking about how you know big of a star he was before, but I actually think he did a really solid job, and um, he is a good actor. Um, I liked I liked him being in this episode. I I like it when they get people, although maybe not a list actors, at least recognizable actors from other um, quality programs. So I thought he did a really good job. One of the more likable um, historical companions. Yeah, I mean, he he shows up, he does his job, and he does it really well. That's the quote that you mentioned, the present is theirs, I work for the future, and the future is mine. That's just, I mean, that's a that's a solid quote right there, and it kind of wraps up um, his legacy, according to Doctor Who, where it's just, you know what, he's not going to do anything fantabulous, fantastical, um, that's recognized in his day. He's not going to be the Edison that has his name in lights everywhere. Uh, but he does lay some solid groundwork for the future. And basically that's what the, the companions need to rest in that. It'll be okay. He'll be fine. He'll die penniless. No, no fame, but he does good work. I do have a question though, because it seemed like such a big deal when the doctor, you know, don't go there. Don't go there. Okay. Uh, do you know where I'm going with this? Why it's, doesn't he wipe her? Why doesn't yes, she wipe his mind? The Spyfall episode, you know, was such a big deal that she had to wipe the minds of the characters she met there and the historical characters. Uh, but Tesla and Edison both kind of just get to walk away. What's what's the difference? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I the only thing I could think of is like their their work has already been done, whereas the other people, their work was still in the future. Um, the doctor maybe they more concerned about interfering uh, because she had kind of come along too early. On yeah. Those she, she came in too early. Maybe it's also like Edison would never talk about aliens because he doesn't want to be associated with crazy. And Tesla has already talked about aliens. So he's already viewed as crazy. So what does it matter? Um, maybe she trusted them more not to run their mouths. I don't know. <laughs> I just figured like the other work was yet to be done for Edison and Tesla. Most of their work had already been completed. It just seemed really dramatic. <laughs> yeah, in, right. In Spyfall, 
you know, it was like, it was almost like this sad kind of moment, like, oh, wow, you're taking away this experience from someone who really wants to retain it. Um, But in the Edison Tesla, they didn't even have to lobby for it. They didn't even, it never even came up. And as much as like, you could say, oh, maybe it happened off screen already. Like she already had done that. We just didn't see it. It doesn't seem like the case, uh, especially with Tesla, because he, he doesn't seem like he has forgotten anything. So... Yeah, yeah I, I think it was weird. I do think maybe it just really comes down to the fact that it, they were just written by different writers, and the one yeah. writer thought, "Oh yeah, of course the doctor would erase their memories." They don't, you know, she doesn't want to mess with time. Whereas the whoever, you know, the person that wrote this one didn't see that as a big, you know, important story point. Yeah, I I agree. It's and the doctor, honestly, this this is more in line with what we typically see. In that, you know, in the past when the Doctor had kind of come across these characters, he didn't erase memories. You know, other than, you know, Donna Noble obviously had her memory erased because otherwise she would have died. Yeah, Donna Doctor. But, you know, with these historical characters, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just forgetting, but I don't remember any instances of the Doctor ever erasing their memories. I have some, like, vague thought that there might be one or two here there just because i wasn't overly surprised when she did it in the spyfall episode um but i could be totally just misremembering and just thinking of dr donna the entire time um but yeah it, it did strike me just because we did see it with historical characters two episodes ago um yeah it was so recent now yeah it almost felt like oh maybe this is the new standard Right, you know, right. When the doctor uh, does this. Uh, so I'm going to give credit to uh, listener Bill McCann. Bill McCann the third is the one who tipped us off that the uh, the actor Robert Glenister had been in Doctor Who before. So, all right. Well, I think. Um, I mean, overall, I liked this episode. I liked. Uh, actually, I really, really liked it. I'm I'm not giving it enough credit. I I think this is one of my favorite episodes of the new of of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Doctor's run so far. Um I really liked the fact that the Doctor was kind of more the focus character. The companions took a bit of a step back in this episode. And I really liked the historical aspect of it. The villains were, you know, not the best villains, but definitely definitely uh formidable so yeah i thought this all around was kind of more my my style when it comes to doctor who i'd like to see more like this yeah i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it much more my second time watching it than i did the first time i watched it not that i thought it was terrible the first time i watched it um i definitely felt it was like a a second best so far if i wanted to get into the whole like ranking of how much i enjoyed an episode over the course of these this series so the four episodes i would put it number two after watching it a second time though there were so many different elements that stuck out to me and i enjoyed it a lot more um it would be put near maybe the my favorite of this series so far um there's a lot to enjoy about it it felt very reminiscent of um Doctor Who episodes that we've seen in the past. It it didn't feel like they tried to do anything new with it, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on your your thoughts, your opinions on that. But it felt very Doctor Who 
to me. Um, and I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, it stuck with the formula. It did. It did stick with the formula. And sometimes that can be a little tiresome. Um, you know, I think I tend to not like the formula that Orphan 55 was. You know, that's a definitely a formula. Doctor Who episode, you know, you're on a space station, you're on a ship, you're trapped, you know, that... No TARDIS access because you're trapped yeah. away from the TARDIS. We get a lot of those. Um, I think, you know, Capaldi had a season where almost every episode was that. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> we, And we've kind of joked about it before. But then you also have this formula where it's go back in time. There's a thing that you can't explain, you know, that turns out to be aliens. Like, there's, you know, that that type of Doctor Who episode as well. I tend to like that better, so I give those a pass more than I give the other ones a pass. But yeah, it's a, you can't they didn't break any new ground, like you said. Um that maybe we have some episodes coming up that'll be a little bit more unique, which and based on the teaser that we saw, it does seem like there's some cool stuff coming and some mysteries to be unraveled. Yeah. And you know what? If they want to give me some of that stuff that's a little bit more out there some of the stuff that breaks the new ground that they, they, they experiment with. I'm cool with that. As long as we still have some of these really solid bread and butter episodes that we can come back to. And that's what I think this is. It's a really solid bread and butter episode. If my entire meal over the series of Dr. Who episodes was this, then it'd be like, eh, I think I want something else, but it's a nice, it's a nice companion um, to whatever else they have coming to us over the next, over the series. All right. Well, I think for now we can go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, for anyone that wants to check out other episodes of Bad Wolf Radio, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us at our website, badwolfpodcast.com. And if you haven't left us a review yet on Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to do that. I was looking at that today, and it's been a while since somebody left us a review. So if any of you that have been listening to us, we know this podcast has been around now for, we were just talking about it pre-show, but just over six years we've been doing this, Adam. Six years. So, six years. And I know some of you have been listening to us all along. We've gotten some new listeners. But, yeah, if you haven't left us a review yet, that's that would be great. Um, head over to Apple Podcasts and hit us up with a review. But I think for now we can uh, we can wrap up. Awesome. Did you come up with like a cool out? Ah, oh, dang. Did I mess that up? Well, I don't um, know. Like you used to say like a cool quote or. Yeah, let's. I already said all my cool quotes. All my cool, qu- my cool quote quota has been met for the night. Um, <laughs> high five. Too high early. Five. Oh, too early. Yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> like that we'll, we'll go with that. All right. Cool. Off just in time.